This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good vacay Monday here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac. Not vacay for us, vacay for the Philadelphia Eagles, seeing as everybody's taking some downtime. On that yesterday, a bunch of them got out and played a little softball up in Allentown that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, for the next six weeks, maybe seven, who the hell knows, knowing the Eagles, they, they, they may just show up for the first preseason game without actually practicing or working <laughs> out or whatever. So we don't know when we're going to get on-field activity other than the softball field with the Eagles. But Johnny and I will be talking birds for you every single day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. While you're at it, feel free to hit the like button early. Uh, like, share, and subscribe to us here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, Johnny Mac, yesterday. Did you stay home and off the roads? Because the Delaware Valley for the next several months is going to be a difficult place to get around. Yeah, especially if you're going north. Um, yeah, that's difficult. Uh, I was uh, not on the roads, so it didn't affect me. I used to work up there. It would have affected me every day. It's going to be a bad situation because I know the traffic up there, the the, the routes going through Northeast Philadelphia, the back roads now are going to be all uh, uh, just, it, it's going to be a disaster. If you want to make some money, buy some water. I saw Billy Godfather say that yesterday and sit out there because people are going to be stuck in traffic. <laughs> so stand at the lights. And and, uh, and oh, by the way, it's you a good know idea. I, yeah, I told you on Friday after we wrapped up Birds 365, I was heading to parks for a uh, Belmont Stake seminar. Made money Friday afternoon, lost money on Saturday afternoon, but that's all right. I love playing. 
Uh, and I take the Tacony Palmyra Bridge over yeah. to get on 95 right at Cotman Avenue, yeah. right where it yeah. all went down like 40 hours after I went by there. And there's a guy every you turn off the bridge and there's a guy every single day there. It doesn't matter. Anytime that four o'clock in the morning, there's the guy there with the water and the soft press, yep. which yep. aren't, aren't really soft anymore by the no. time you get there. But yeah, he's going to have that seasoning of exhaust fume, which makes him that much better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's tremendous. Um, <laughs> but uh, tough, tough break for the city. And uh, again, I, I was there less than two days ahead of time. Luckily, yeah. no injuries, but this is going to be months. And it's actually a good thing as uh, tied to Birds 365. It is the Eagles offseason because a lot of people travel down 95 to get the Eagles games and the preseason. The, and the, the main push is the regular season. We do have months before the Eagles are going to actually get down there and play a game. So if if you had said this has got to happen and it's going to be down for months, when would you pick? Probably this time of year. Going to make it a difficult ride for some people to get down the shore coming from northern Philadelphia and north of the city. But uh, for everybody else, it probably came at a decent time. I'm trying to find a silver lining yeah, in this cloud, know. Johnny I Mac, mean, and it you, ain't easy. You, you got a bunch of Phillies fans. They're not going to be able, you know, it, it's going to be tough. I saw, you know, the detours basically going into Jersey if you're going north. Oh, yeah. uh, so you got to go 130, 295, Benny. You know, so for us, it's a little bit easier if we have to go up to, you know, New York or Foxborough uh, and it's still messed up. You just go on the New Jersey turnpike. But, uh, yeah, for people in uh, on on the other side of the Delaware River, it's 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 definitely a nightmare. So, I mean, but don't kid yourself. It's going to affect those of us on the Jersey side. Because people are going to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Plans. Traffic's gonna just going to yeah. You're going to see more traffic on 295, which gets traffic on it all the time. Yeah. Anyway, that much more because people are going to have to get around the shutdown on 95 and will use New Jersey to do so. So, uh, yeah. Be careful out there. Go slow. Add extra time to wherever your commute is. Well, you know what? Better yet, screw it. Stay home. Watch Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And like, share, and subscribe uh, because you you like and want to share us. Yes, and and you're not, you, you like the fact that you don't have to deal with the traffic and just said, stay here and talk uh, Eagles football with us. All right. Uh, yes, they had the Devontae Smith uh, charity softball game up in Allentown yesterday. Somehow people were able to get around the 95 uh, mess and get up there 10,000 strong to sell the joint out. And you got to love Eagles fans. They they do come out. They support. They did for Carson Wentz. They're doing it for Devontae Smith now. Chance to just see their favorite Eagles, whether it's in pads or not, helmets or not, just out there having fun on a softball field. They do come out in uh, droves. And I guess Dallas Goddard won. Our pal Chris Franklin uh, reporting details. Dallas Goddard wins the uh, home run challenge, which seemed to be as important as the softball game itself, much like the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star game. Uh, you get more attention for the home run contest than you do in the, the game itself. It's a good venture. It's a chance for Eagle fans to get out and see their uh, favorite players, and everybody has a good time. Right, Johnny Mack? Yeah, I, it's great. Obviously, uh, you know, um, uh, Carson's game was here a little bit easier. Uh, Devontae's game, as you mentioned, up in Allentown. But, yeah, anytime you get the get to get a little bit closer Eagles fans to their um, heroes, so to speak. And I'm a little surprised now I wasn't there. So 
Um, I did see Josh uh, Talentino was there from the Inquirer. I saw Chris was there um, trying to see who played in the game and all that kind of stuff. I didn't see, I you know, I'm always surprised. I, I don't know if AJ was there. I didn't see him because he's a heck of a, uh, a baseball player. Um, was drafted, uh, uh, I believe, by the Padres. Uh, Jake Elliott, I always talk about, he won the home run derby once. Uh, I was convinced they kept Richard Rogers around as long as they, they could because he was such a great softball player, He's such a ringer. He was a great baseball player in college as well. Um, so I'm a little surprised, to be honest, that Dallas won the home run derby. Um, but, hey, man, if you got it going, Dave King minute out of there. More power to him. Uh, now, here's a quasi-serious question, John. It's for a charity. It's for a good cause. They raised some good money yesterday. Yeah, and, I don't uh, know if it is for a charity. You don't I, think it's charity related? I think it's a celebrity softball game. Okay. Celebrity softball game. So somebody's putting money in their pocket from 10,000 tickets sold? Uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. More power yeah. to them. Um, uh, yeah, shame on me. I should, I just assumed it was a charity game because uh, Carson's Most people watching. do. We were talking about that, by the way. And I'm not 100% sure. I probably shouldn't say that. But we were talking no, about it. I shouldn't say that it was a charity one because I don't know. That yeah, Carson's, uh, Carson's was charity. Right. This, from what I know, this is the celebrity softball game. So there's no advertised charity. But, okay, yeah, so uh, we're having fun. Some may or may not have benefited. Here's the serious question Do the Eagles frown on this? <laughs> Good question. Um, I don't think so. We you are know, talking it, about the organization that believes less is more, Johnny Mac. <laughs> well, anytime. I mean, look, right. You can get hurt walking outside. I mean, but these are young people in tremendous shape. I don't think they're going to get hurt playing softball. The young people in tremendous shape last week <clears> when <throat> they did next to nothing at their gatherings. Well, they did, you know, I hear what you're saying. I, I, you got to live your life. You can't, and, and they don't have any power over it. So Nick, Nick Sirianni is not the only coach. Um, every coach in the world I've ever heard is control what you can control. You can control that. You have the right to control it. You can't control this. So, I mean, I guess you can worry about it. I, Man, I, you well, can't. They, you're right. They can't control it, but they could certainly drop hints. If there's a player who's desperate, like they're not going to tell Brandon Graham what to do. Uh, BG's BG and he's going to be there and he's going to do whatever the hell he wants. And uh, what are you going to do? Cut him? I don't think so. But if there's a player that doesn't have any kind of guaranteed roster spot, they could tell him, what are you planning on doing? It? Be careful with that physical activity. No, Devontae's nah, your friend. I, I can't. Hey. I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, obviously Devontae's a star. Dallas is a star. We talked about Dallas winning the home run derby. You mentioned Brandon Graham. I mean, you can't sell it. And by the way, not to be harsh, but I'll be harsh. If if you're if the fifty third guy on the roster, I mean, if he gets hurt playing softball, I mean, all right, you go to the next fifty third guy on the roster. The guys you you're, you're worrying about. Well, I'm not are, worried about the Eagles. The Eagles got ninety guys. I'm worried about that poor Schnook who is the fifty third guy in the roster. Well, then he's not he going to make up the being team, out but, because yeah. he can't play in a softball game with Devontae Smith. Well, he's um, yeah, he he's got to make his own decision. Um, and, and I think most people, 
it's been a long time. You know, I'm not in my early 20s. You're not in your early 20s. But I know if you would have told me, hey, don't go play softball in my early 20s, I'd be, you might get hurt. I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Shut up. I would have went out and played. So, I mean, they're, they're the same way. And it, it, yeah, nobody's getting hurt playing softball. Nobody got hurt playing softball. So everything's copacetic. Uh, but yeah, you can't do that. I mean, guys, look, you worry. That's what you do. You have these huge investments in players. And I always say this lull in the offseason, you don't want the phone call, but you're, you're mainly thinking about guys getting in trouble, um, doing something stupid, going out, drinking, whatever. Um, you're mainly worried about that kind of stuff. But you can't control it. I mean, they, you, you don't have the right. We mentioned it with Jalen Carter. You don't have the right to hire a private detective and say, don't do this, don't do that. Last time I looked, we're still in the United States. You're allowed to do what you want. One of the big blowbacks with Chip Kelly back in the day was all this nonsense about putting, you know, sleep Sleeping monitors devices, on the players, yeah. uh, checking their urine for, you know, how yellow was it versus, you know, how hydrated were you? Can't do that crap. Can't. So, and remember, the NFLPA <laughs> is fighting for the players, you know getting off on a tangent, but I did see this morning J, J. Mark Gibbs talking about NFL practices. Um, don't try to kill us, uh, it, you know, over a pro football talk. Nick Saban he, did. He basically laughed at the NFL yeah. practices. Well, all the Georgia guys do too. I was bringing all, all the Georgia guys are the same way. They're like, this ain't hard. We practiced in, in, in Georgia. They don't, there's no union at the college level, maybe Correct. there will be sooner rather than later because of all the NIL stuff, but there isn't up to this date. Nobody's fighting for the players here. You got a union uh, and, and they fight for the players and that's why you can't do all this stuff. So um, yeah, it's different, but yeah, I, I, I don't think Nick, Nick Sirianni's losing any sleep because anybody played okay, this all yeah, I'm just saying one story you won't be reading this uh, offseason is Eagles fined for abuse of practice time. That That's not happening. They they come out on the short end rather than the long end of pushing the envelope as to how much you can actually get in as uh, far as practice time goes. All right. And, one and, other and story. Real quick, because I want to, uh, we did, it is for charity. So thanks to Jamie Keene for St. Luke's Hospital Iron Picks Charity. So it is for charity. I, I, I thought I read that somewhere, but I wasn't sure. So didn't know. Um, the one other story I did want to touch on before we punch up our first guest, who's going to be Tommy Lola from EaglesBlitz.com. Um, I guess someone at a uh, Carolina Panthers gathering asked Miles Sanders about his limited usage in last year's Super Bowl. And Miles rightfully came out and said, well, what do you think? Uh, yeah, fast last game, final game. You can go ahead and ask them. Uh, he basically came out and said, yeah, he wasn't happy about it. Well, he shouldn't have been. He said, I don't want to make any headlines, but yeah, it would not be about it. If that's the case that you're asking, just let it be known that you brought it up, not me. Uh, no kidding. Uh, with the seven carries that he got, I would have been a little bit perturbed. Now, he didn't do anything with those seven carries. And I don't think Miles' contribution or lack thereof had a major impact on the outcome of the game. 
He waited four months before saying anything. I thought the more interesting quote was when asked about uh, potential staying with the Eagles, he said, yeah, ask them, which means it sounds like the Eagles didn't make much of an offer to Miles Sanders to begin with anyway. Anything that Miles said over the weekend surprise you, perturb you, tell you anything new that you didn't know before, John? No, no. I mean, he's upset. He wanted to stay. Yeah, the Eagles weren't interested at the number he was going to get. And we talked about the valuation of that position and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Nick Sirianni actually liked um, Miles a lot. You know, uh, his uh, son was a big fan, big Miles fan. Um, Yeah. he did not play well in the Super Bowl. And remember the first play, it started on the first play of the game um, where he fumbled the football out of bounds and hurt his hand. So that was part of it as well. He hurt himself. Um, and I think that was the bigger issue more than anything else. Um, um, but other than Jalen Hurts, I mean, they weren't effective running the football. Um, and, Running backs want to always want the ball and always think the next run is going to, and they should. I mean, right. that's part you of like it. that attitude. Yeah, they 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 should think the next run is going to be the one that breaks. Uh, but you know, I think also kind of missed and and as as Miles was banged up down the whole stretch of the season, playing with the knee brace and um, was playing through some things. So you give him credit for that as well. But he. He wasn't as effective late as he was earlier because of that reason. I think the knee, and then you compound it with the hand in the Super Bowl. Um, Just one of those things, like Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game. Not as serious, but he got hurt. So, what? you know, you're going in a different direction. It makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, he wanted to be here. He's upset. You always see these these situations, hurt ends, and – you know, loves the team one day. It's like, well, why? Well, you know, I had twelve hundred sixty-nine yards, career year. You don't want me. Why don't you want me? And and it works both ways, you know. But it, it, with all the Gannon stuff, and you know, Big Fangio coming out, and you know, people getting conflating the dates and getting the dates wrong, and you know, if. If Arizona didn't want Jonathan Gannon, he would have been back as defensive quarter. So I'm not sure what people want, and I'm I'm not sure what Miles wants. Uh, it, it doesn't. It it often doesn't compute. But the Eagles aren't going to pay that position. Same thing with T.J. Edwards. T.J. Edwards probably feels the, the same way. Like, what more can I do? Now he's probably a little bit happier because he went home to his hometown team and he was a fan growing up and all that kind of stuff. So you don't hear him, but he probably feels the same way. Miles had a great season, but they're not going to pay that position. And they've proven it time and time again. So let's cut off the Dalvin Cook stuff before it even starts. They're certainly not paying him. Okay, John, be careful. That that had some legs when it first uh, started rumorizing that – he could become an ex-Vike. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think they're getting involved in Dalvin yeah. Cook. But hey, come had on. some legs. I told. I've been telling you that for months. They signaled it. They they put up the bat signal. 
They 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 told everybody we're cutting them, and they just kept waiting and waiting and waiting until they finally did it. Right. The question was, could they actually trade him? And the answer they found out was no, not with the contract, because the Eagles are not the only ones in the National Football League who have devalued running backs. The National Football League at all has devalued running backs, and uh, it would be interesting to see where Cook lands. I'm with you. It's not going to be here in Philadelphia. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, here with you on Birds 365. We add a third voice to the mix. Our buddy Tommy Lola from EaglesBlitz.com up next on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? Yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Welcome back here on Birds 365. We've got Tommy Lawler from com, longtime Eagle Beat guy, joining us here on Birds 365. Tommy, uh, be thankful you're down there in Carolina. Do you know what to deal with the mess that is I-95 up here in Philadelphia? It's going to be giving us issues for the next several months. 
But the Eagles got some downtime, so we're just looking for stories to tell. I saw you put one up about Christian Ellis, everybody jumping on the Christian Ellis bandwagon because he made a couple of plays in workouts. I'm not even going to call them practices. Is this the newest Eagle find? Star undrafted free agent who comes in and makes a major contribution to the Eagle defense. I don't know if we want to go that far <clears throat> quite quite yet, but uh, he's trending in the right direction, you know? And that's what you uh, when you see these practices. Obviously, it's a uh, you know, organized team activities. They don't call them practices, right? And uh, what you want to see is the guy take advantage of the situations that are there. They can't hit. They can't tackle. They're not blitzing. So show us what you can do in pass coverage. And as we know, the game has changed, and pass <laughs> coverage is critical for linebackers in today's NFL. So the fact that he picked off a couple of passes, looked good in coverage. That's a that's an encouraging sign. And the fact that he uh, played well last year when he got on the field was obviously uh, an impact player for special teams. They got markedly better once he was elevated and put made a part of the special teams. He's trending in the right direction, certainly when a roster spot and uh, to push for a, a role on this team. So he's doing well, but it is funny. You know, there's just not a lot of, of compelling stories right now for the Eagles. So we're desperate for something to talk about. So all of a sudden, Christian Ellis becomes the guy instead of, how many stories can you write about Jalen Hurts or A.J. Brown with nothing new to say? <laughs> yeah, especially the way it is. You're right. I mean, Tommy, I've been covering this league for too long, and I so I go way back. And I still remember there was a player who became an all-CFL player by the name of Tyrese Abair. When I Ooh, covered, what? Where? Uh, Where? Yes, exactly. Where? When I covered uh, the Minnesota Vikings, he, to this day, had the best offseason I've ever seen. And the offseason was was a longer period back then, but still limited from a, a context standpoint, a, a, a pad standpoint. He would make a big play every day in the spring. And we were like, wow, this guy's, you know, Ronnie Lott, basically. And, you know, then the pads came on, but nothing. Down to the second team, down to the third team, eventually cut. And as I said, to his credit, went up north and became a heck of a player in that particular league, but not what you're looking for. For Eagles fans, more recently, I go to Denell Pumphrey. You probably remember, Tommy. They unveiled this 21 pony formation in the spring <laughs> with him and Darren Sproles on the field at the same time. It looked unstoppable. Unstoppable. You had these two diminutive running backs so quick in T-shirts. And, the, and then the pads come on. Uh-uh. Ain't going to work. Oh, we got to block somebody. And it just quickly evaporates. Well, the so, greatest OTA player of all time. Do you guys not remember Lorenzo Booker? Lorenzo Booker? Sure. It was uh, a there's... spring of 2007 or 2008. The Eagles had traded for him from the Dolphins. Put him out there in the OTAs. Nobody could cover him. He was a run, a, yeah. a scat back. Yeah. So quick, so athletic. Nobody could cover him. We thought, oh, Westbrook. It's going to lose some touches to this guy. He's going to be a playmaker. <laughs> Andy's going to use him. He's going to change the offense. And the guy did squat. I, he didn't. I don't know if he had 100 total yards as an eagle in games. Yeah. But in the OTAs, he was electric. Everybody. This wasn't like yeah. just, you know, Dave Spadaro writing positive stuff about it. Everybody raved about this guy. Everybody absolutely loved this guy. And uh, so, to me, the Lorenzo Booker is the, the, the legend of OTAs. Yeah, and my my over my overriding point is buyer beware on oh. this kind of stuff. But I agree with your point. 
you can only do what you can do in the offseason. I think it's a very positive development that Christian Ellis showed up in this environment and played as well as he did. So how do you how do you kind of figure it out? I mean, there's well, there's a need at that position. Sure. Um, he's got an opportunity, but buyer beware. I think what we have to to remind ourselves here is is kind of what Jim Schwartz talked about a few years ago when he told his story about Jim Palmer in the uh, spring training. A bunch of stories about. And uh, he, he talked about Jim Palmer just had an awful spring training, got lit up, and turned out that Jim Palmer, somebody asked Jim, are you concerned? He goes, no, because all I've thrown this entire summer is, or this entire spring is uh, curveballs. So hitters know what's coming, but I'm working on my curveball and I don't care what the results are now. I'm getting ready for April, May, and June. And so he wasn't worried about results. He was focusing on technique. And so sometimes we can watch where, where one player might be trying to focus on a little part of his technique and another player is going all out to win every play. One guy's trying to learn, one guy's trying to win. And so sometimes we focus on the guy who wins because that guy's going all out full speed. He's not interested in learning and developing his game. The other player's trying to get ready for the the season. And so we kind of have two different uh, uh, goals there. One guy's trying to adjust and one guy's trying to play as if this is a, a, a regular season game. And so you can get some false positives from the guy who's going all out doing whatever it takes to succeed on the plate, and the other guy's trying to work on his technique. Thank you both for making my point for me and throwing out guys who have really lit things up in OTAs, and then the season started, and you forgot their name pretty damn quickly. I, I'm not knocking a mock on Christian Ellis, and I'm glad he had a couple of nights activity sessions with them. Yeah, I'm predicting he's not uh, as, as some people get overly excited and overly crazed about what a guy does seven and seven in shorts. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait to judge Christian Ellis until we get to actual uh, joint practices, which well, are the key off season activities for the Eagles. That's different than you drinking a seven and seven while wearing shorts. We got to be yeah, we I, got I a mean, night for that coming up. The longest day of the year. That's a Jody McDonald tradition. Um, not seven and sevens. Uh, you got to drink gin. I was taught by a friend of mine, ex NFL uh, player. As a matter of fact, didn't ever play in the regular season, but was in the Packers camp one year. A guy by the name of Adrian Carson that I work with at ESPN said everybody drinks. Uh, gin on the longest day of the year, which is uh, June twenty first, which is coming up in about ten days from now. So yeah, thank oh, that's you for the first time I heard that. But I'll I'll, uh, I'll take his advice. Yeah, exactly. I gotta drink June on the longest day of the year. Adrian Carson <laughs> told me that, and he threatened me that if I didn't drink gin with him, he would. <laughs> and he was an offensive lineman too, so I was going to drink gin with my buddy. Oh, yeah, right on that day. Um, yeah. So Christian Ellis looked good. Did we fight out anything else from the Eagles OTAs this offseason, Tommy? They did less than any other team in the National Football League. Uh, I'm poo-pooing what Christian Ellis did, but yet I'm asking you, did we learn anything else? Or did we do just throw it all out? Doesn't matter. Wait till camp opens up. Everything else that happens before that is irrelevant. Oh, everything matters. Everything they did absolutely matters. Kind of the difference here is that the coaches know what they're looking for. Uh, the three of us and everybody else who watches them or, or studies them, we don't know exactly what the coaches are looking for because the coaches are the ones in the classrooms talking to them and saying, here's what I want to see today. We just go out and watch football or, or see clips of football 
and we judge it based on what we know of football. And listen, I followed Eagles for a long time. I've watched preseason football for a long time. I followed the OTs. I still don't understand spring football very well because it's just like we talked about. One guy's going all out and the other guy's working on a technique. How do you know who's doing what? And that makes it so complicated. But uh, we didn't learn anything definitive. The, the, the roles were pretty, pretty clearly defined on this team. Um, I thought it was encouraging that, that Terrell Edmonds seemed to, to play well uh, from what I've heard. And uh, the Eagles, obviously, you know, there's, they have a bunch of bodies at safety. We're kind of looking for some guys to step up and kind of cement their spots. And uh, so it looks like Reed, he and Reed Blankenship will be the starters there for now. Sidney Brown is the rookie. He's going to, we'll, we'll see how he does. This was his first, you know, NFL a, uh, activities. And I think he'll, he'll really come alive when they're allowed to hit in, in training camp because Sidney's such a physical player. Uh, I think that'll bring out a, a side of him, but yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on, you know, that we, that we learned a lot. Uh, Jalen Hurts, still a talented quarterback. A.J. Brown, still a talented receiver, and and so on and so forth. There wasn't much to take from it, but the coaches certainly got something. Yeah, I, I looked at a couple things, Tommy, and I thought they were interesting is how I would describe it. And I, I brought this up with Jody last week, and I want to run it by you because I think it's going to be relevant in, in the summer when they get to camp. As we all know, they have these maintenance, these veteran maintenance days for certain players. Um, Jason Kelsey, obviously uh, a part of that list and, and um, deservedly so. Uh, but the second OTA open to uh, us reporters, Jason uh, didn't participate in. And I was interested from the standpoint of, all right, are you going to move Cam Jurgens back to center with the first team? Uh, and have Tyler Steen uh, uh, or Jack Driscoll uh, take the right guard reps, or does Cam Jurgens need those right guard reps? So I thought it was interesting from that standpoint. The answer is they move Cam back to center. Now, they only do individual work. It's seven on sevens. They don't do any teamwork. But they moved him back to center, and Tyler Steen was first team at right guard. I thought it was interesting, but I don't know why. Does that mean they're so confident in Cam Jurgens, they're okay with toggling him back and forth? Or does it mean this is a real competition and we want to get Tyler Steen first team reps like back when it was Mylotta versus Andre Dillard? Maybe you can do it during those, those maintenance days instead of just going back and forth. Um, if you had to guess, which camp would you be in? They're so confident in Cam Jurgens, or it's a real competition? I think it's a little bit of both with a third thing thrown in is the Eagles really value versatility up front. And so they, they need it. Listen, Jason Kelsey's been a workhorse. The last time he had a serious injury was 2012, right? But we, we you know, knock on wood, right? Uh, if he goes out, they need Cam Jurgens to be ready to play center not just that he's played it in the past and he can learn it again. They need him to be ready to play it. So you want him to get some reps at center. And then you obviously want to give Tyler Steen a shot with the first teamers because you want to see what he looks like with the ones, even if it's just lining up, how quick does he come off the ball? What does he look like? And you want to get those looks. And I, I think that they wouldn't do this if they thought that Cam Jurgens was desperate for, for reps at right guard. So they obviously, like I say, to me, it's a little bit of both that they're confident enough in him. They can move him back and forth, but they definitely want to want him ready at center and guard 
And they, they want the best five guys on the field, but then they want backups ready at those spots too. Because, you know, listen, if, if you follow the Eagles, you go back to 2020, offensive yeah. line injuries just ruined that season. So you want guys ready to play multiple positions. I think the Eagles tipped their hand when they did what they did with Dickerson a couple of years ago. Here's the guy who was a second round pick, not a first. Probably would have been a first if not for injury, but he was a second round pick. And Steen's a third round pick. They threw him into the deep end of the pool and said, we're starting you from day one at a new position. And I don't think they'd be afraid to do it with Steen. Uh, to answer Johnny Mack's question, I think it's going to be a competition. It made the, the best man win. And uh, I would say starting right guard is a more important decision than backup center to Jason Kelsey because as Tommy correctly points out, Jason never gets hurt. So uh, what, what, you, 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 as soon as I say that, you know he's now going to miss eight <laughs> games with a uh, high ankle sprain. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a fun competition at the right guard spot. Even losing uh, out with their starter at the right guard position, Eagles still got the best offensive line in the NFL, Tommy? I think so, because they, they have you know, the best right tackle, the best center, and one of the best left guards. So those are three positions where they're near the top of the league. And then, obviously, Jordan Mailata is an above-average left tackle. So it's not just that they have five starters, five talented players. They have guys that are dominant in their positions, and that's so rare in today's NFL. Normally, you know, like people would talk about, oh, the, the Niners have a good offensive line. And you looked at it, and, you know, they had they – had, <laughs> couple of guys that were, were above average players and everybody else was just an experienced player, a veteran player as part of their group. Um, most, most teams only have one or two guys to build around and, and they don't have like Jason Kelsey and, and Lane Johnson, both are legitimate hall of fame candidates, right? That's a rarity in the NFL to have guys like that playing together for that long. So uh, to me, this is still the best offensive line in football. Um, yeah. Uh, it's tough to say. Um, up to say it isn't even losing Isaac Sayamalo and that tells you how good they were because Isaac's a, a very good player um the 33rd team our buddies over there uh P Damo and, and Mike Tannenbaum Joe Banner um they did a, a a little thing they put the top 20 remaining free agents I had a little fun with fans I put yes 20 <laughs> times um <laughs> Um, and some took it seriously, by the way, which is kind of sad. Also, <laughs> I did not ask the question about DeAndre Hopkins uh, because it's silly, and I don't ask silly questions at press conference. That's for fans, not you guys. Um, anyway, there are a couple guys uh, on this top 20 list, and basically I'll run through it real quick. DeAndre Hopkins, one. Dalvin Cook, two. Ben Jones, three. Marcus Peters, four. Dalton Risner, five, Yannick and Dockway, six, John Johnson, seven, Taylor Lewan, Adrian Amos, Eli Apple, Melvin Ingram, Jadavian Clowney, Ezekiel Elliott, Casey Hayward, Kyle Van Noy, Justin Houston, Matt Ioannidis, George Bant, Rashawn Evans, Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of big names there. A lot of big name trap. A lot of everybody knows these particular names. I ran by it. I ran through it pretty quickly. Any interest, anybody on that list, to me, it would have to be safeties. The safeties, John Johnson, Adrian Amos. Anything pique your interest? 
Not really. Uh, I agree with you, John Johnson. A Adrian Amos really wouldn't. Uh, he, I don't know that he's a great fit for this system, and I don't know that he'd be a major upgrade on the guys they have. John Johnson has played in a similar version of this system and has played at a, a high level, so he would be interesting for sure. Um, Linebacker is the other spot where, obviously, the Eagles could look to potentially upgrade. I don't know. Rashawn Evans might have been the only linebacker, off-ball linebacker you mentioned. Yes. Uh, the, the rest of the positions – are places where the Eagles have players and, and really we need to see the guys that are, that are in these positions. Cause as we've talked about, when you have Jalen hurts making mega money, AJ Brown makes mega money. Hassan Reddick's not exactly cheap. Um, and all on down the line, you know, Lane Johnson makes a boatload of money. You've got to have cheap solutions and especially you want young cheap solutions. So they'll, they'll be there for two, three, four years. You know, you start signing one-year guys every year, and it just becomes a turnstile. So that's where there's real value in seeing can Reed Blankenship develop, can Christian Ellis develop, and and guys of that nature. And you you want those guys if you can get two or three years of play from them at at a minimum level or a low level, that makes things that much easier for you to go make free agent moves and have a better cap situation. In a word, John, the answer to your question is no. You put down 20 yeses on Twitter. I would have put down 20 no's. Well, I really put that. My my yes was a no, Jody. Yeah, I hope no. you know me. Yeah, you know, no, well I enough do. by now. It, um, it, it did take me a second. I said, there looked at us and let me reread this tweet again. And then I went through and I said, okay, I got you. <laughs> For a minute, I thought, oh boy, you know, he's starting to lose it. And then I thought, no, no. I got you. Had, had you put one maybe in there, you would have <laughs> tipped your hand. At, oh, okay, this is uh, him being. Uh, cynical. Yeah, I, I know to every single guy on that uh, roster, and it doesn't mean that the Eagles roster is set, but there's just no positional need for any of those players that are on that list. So, uh, yeah, how he can keep uh, uh, mining the mines to see if something's there, but there isn't in the free agency as far as I'm concerned. But we did get some talk about it, and John just said somebody questioned him asking a question about DeAndre Hopkins. We know the chances are DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to land here. Where do you think DeAndre is going to land? If he's not coming here at Philadelphia, which we all agree is highly unlikely, where do you think he's going to land, Tommy? If I had to guess, I'd go Patriots. Uh, they're talking to him. Uh, if, if he might, uh, I think he might have been in Nashville yesterday. Yeah, he's in Nashville right now meeting with okay. the Titans. So maybe uh, they don't let him out of the building. So to speak. they could certainly use him. Right. And the Patriots need him. And we know Bill Belichick's a big fan of his. And that makes a huge difference. And obviously the Patriots are trying to figure out if Mac Jones can play or not. And they found out he couldn't play with Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator. Well, they fixed that. They hired Bill O'Brien to run the offense. And he just needs better weapons. They, they, they've done a little bit of work this offseason to, to improve the receiving core. They still don't have anybody that scares defenses. And Hopkins would give them a, a guy that defenses would have to pay attention to. And that would open up that offense a little bit and help them. Listen, if Mac Jones isn't the answer, that's fine. But they need to figure that out so they can proceed to, uh, accordingly and, and decide if they need to go find another quarterback right now. They just don't know what they've got in Mac Jones. Is he just a young guy that could develop, or is he got it as as peaked already and and heading into year three? Um, you can tell it's the off season with these questions, Tommy. So uh, I'm <laughs> going to sure. go to the ESPN Football Power Index now. Jody and I had a lot of fun with the ESPN FPI last year. <laughs> no matter what the Eagles do, they they 
did, they couldn't get ahead of Dallas. They couldn't get ahead of no matter what they did, even when they beat Dallas, uh, they couldn't get ahead of Dallas. So we ripped it quite a bit, and I think deservedly so. Yeah. But now they've come out with Super Bowl 58 chances. And number one on that list at Dallas Cowboys. 0.9% Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, wow. Now okay. can we rip the ESPN football power index? Uh, the Cowboys <laughs> are way down at number six, by the way. No. At six. Get out of here. Yeah. There's Jody's six. Jody's Jets are number eight at 3.9%. Number wow. two is the reigning champions, the Chiefs. Number three is the 49ers. Four is the Bills. Five is the Bengals. Now, I think the reason the Eagles are on top, you know, you look, the AFC's tougher. Doesn't, you know, so you're either going to go 49ers, Eagles. So it makes sense to me. Um, you know, now now it's great. Did we go down that route or say, you know, all right, let's pump the brakes? Oh, I mean, listen, you know, the, the, these things, who knows what goes into all these uh, formulas. Um I, the Eagles, I think you give them the advantage coming out of the NFC just because they have the best roster and a veteran quarterback. And the Niners have a good roster, but their quarterback situation is kind of up I'll in the be air careful. Right Jody's going to rip you. Jody's going to rip you. <laughs> well, keep going. If you give Brock and, and, Purdy and then, his just do and just say it's questionable because we don't know if Purdy's going to be there, then I'm not going to rip you. If you're yeah, going to no, tell he's, me Brock Purdy's he's not healthy. So, he's it, not healthy. It, it, Right. It's all about his health, not not the quality of play he had last year. He didn't go 2-0. and He didn't go 6-0. and He went 8-0 and and put up good stats in every single game that he played. And I don't care now that he's Mr. Irrelevant. People cling to this, where you're drafted. Years down the road, yeah, but he was uh, seventh-round draft. Who cares when you've got uh, time logged in the NFL? I much would rather judge someone by what they've actually done on the NFL field than where they were drafted. And I think too many people are holding Brock Purdy's draft status against him after the half a season he had last year. Yeah, well, you know, he, listen, he, he he got so hot and played so well that it, 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 you you just feel like it, it seemed more like an anomaly than something that's going to be sustainable. We'll see, right? Uh, defenses will adjust to them. Coaches will adjust to him. And um, and we'll see because we, we've all seen players get hot for a few games, sustaining it over a full season. Eight's and, not and a few, Tommy. That's still not a full season. And, and we've not, seen guys, you said a few. Okay, he played well, eight. He was eight. Okay. No, before I, I told before you, he hurt his uh, elbow in the Eagles game. Go back. Few to for two, me means two or three. Eight means a half a season. Go back to two thousand and seven. Derek Anderson had a Pro Bowl year for the Cleveland Browns. The only good year he ever had in the NFL, and he was in the NFL for for years. Uh, you see guys every now and then things just click for them. And listen, if he turns out to be a great player, so be it. I'll be the first one to say it. But I'm just saying, until it's proven over a couple of years, you know, there, there's always going to be a little hesitation. Heck, I mean, I, so, I, I'm, can I'm I, can I ask you a question about Hurts. that, Tommy? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Jalen Hurts has only had one superior year. Are we questioning yeah. him? No, it's fair too. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So you're, 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 I, I like the fact that you have your standard. Give me two or three years under your belt, then I'll uh, evaluate you as a superstar. But if it's short that, you're going to go, all right, yeah, you still got a lot to prove. Listen, if you're, if you're a, a scouting football players, it, scouting in, in its own way should be like science. You go based on evidence. 
Okay. And the evidence would tell you Brock Purdy just had a, a terrific rookie season and played at a very high level. Jalen Hurts could have easily been the MVP of the NFL last year. Both guys had great years. So let's see what they do in 2023. And if they both play at a high level, it's when you get to like Tom Brady played well for, you know, we'll go back to the early days. Decades. Eight years. And you said, yeah. okay, that's just a fact. He's that level of player. But for a year, half a year, year and a half, you know, you're just sitting there trying to see. Because we've seen Dante Culpepper got off to a terrific start with his NFL career. And an injury set in and he faded away. Uh, so I've just, I've seen so many guys that looked like they were going to be special players, this, that, the other. And it just, they just couldn't sustain it. Sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes it is injuries. Sometimes it's bad coaching, bad luck. Who knows? Heck, I mean, you go back to 2012, Robert Griffin, RG3. He looked like he was going to yeah, change a great the season. of football, right? Yeah. Phenomenal season. And through uh, the Shanahan's forcing him back onto the field hurt, and then through Dan Snyder's uh, ownership, uh, his situation just – it just deteriorated very quickly and and Washington went from having a uh, sport altering quarterback to a guy that was gone in a couple of years and uh, sucking in Cleveland. <laughs> and so yeah, that's, that's why I just, yeah, that I'm glad you brought that one up. That's one of the greatest what ifs in the NFL. I mean, he was phenomenal as a rookie for people that forget basically oh. carried off on his shield in the playoffs. He had Washington in the playoffs. And he was. He was changing the game, and he just wasn't the same physically. I, I remember he he tore he, – he not only tore his ACL, he tore everything. He tore the LCL, the PCL. So it was a catastrophic knee injury. And I remember when Carson uh, tore his ACL, he also tore his LCL. And I was concerned because of what happened to RG3. I was like, that's a serious injury. That's more serious than – just a typical uh, ACL injury. Um, and Carson was able to make it back and play at a certainly an acceptable level, but he was never the same player. He was never the same player. Um, no, RG3, one of the situations with him is that uh, he and Dan Snyder spent the offseason uh, kind of palling around. You know, as, So he's going through rehab, and he and Dan Snyder were going to movie premieres and doing oddball things. And then – uh, RG3 got with his marketing team and was did some kind of promotional thing with Subway uh, to sell T-shirts that, that had to do with him making a comeback. So that's why I say the circumstances. He didn't have a coach who said, focus on getting better. He's worried about marketing himself. He and the owner are going to movie premieres and doing Hollywood stuff. And the focus wasn't on getting better and playing football. And so he was a very distracted young man. And, uh, you know, when you're coming off an injury, especially like you say, a horrible injury like he had, you got to have laser focus. He did yeah. not have laser focus. And he, I, I don't think he got physically right for a while. And then by the time he did, Washington was such a mess that he was gone from there. And like I say, went to Cleveland and the, uh, the Eagles played him against, against him in Cleveland once. That might have been Carson's debut in 2016. I can't remember. And he was just, he was just not a good player. He was, it was, yeah. it was over for him by then. Yeah. It is certainly speculation season. And John, if you still have that ESPN power ranking available, I want to ask you about an individual team because yeah, that's uh, what we're doing at this time of year, nitpicking what other people are saying about other things uh, at home. I say Christian Ellis uh, grabbed a couple of passes in seven on seven drills and now he's starting uh linebacker for the Eagles. Yeah. I got to wait and see that. Where, where did ESPN have, 
the Detroit Lions because I'm getting a lot of buzz that the Lions are going to be a team. And don't be surprised if they're the third best team in the NFC behind the Eagles and the uh, 49ers. Where did ESPN have? Uh, number seven. So if you go with uh, the ESPN football power index, and I, I, this makes me rethink my own position because they have the exact same top four I do and the exact same position. The Eagles, 49ers. <laughs> Um, Cowboys, Lions, which would be where I would have the top four. So I got to rethink that. <laughs> uh, Tommy, I think the Lions are getting a little off-season overrated. Uh, they had a nice season above uh, uh, 500 last year. And, yeah, I give them a lot of props for winning that last game of the season. They had been eliminated. Uh, they go into the last week, can make the playoffs. Seattle wins earlier. Now they know they can't make the playoffs, and they stick it to Green Bay just the same, who still had the chance to make the playoffs. So I give them their props for that final win, but they were 9-8 and eight in a lesser NFC. I think people are going a little overboard on the Lions. How about you? A little bit, yeah, I agree. I, I think they're the kind of the flavor of the month. Uh, I feel like they finished the season six and two or something like that. I don't have the numbers memorized for them. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, they were very good down the stretch. Yeah. They, they obviously, they lost the Eagles 38, 35. They could have won that game. There was a couple of other games they lost that were close. They, they could have won them. So that, yeah, they went nine and eight, but they, they, they might've gone, you know, uh, 12 and five, you know, by the way, I, I, I know I've told Jody this. I don't know if I told you, you this Tommy Dallas Goddard, uh, told me, I, I, his exact quote, I don't care what anybody says. The Lions are the best team we played this season. Hmm. And this okay. was <clears throat> this was late in the season. So it wasn't after the Super Bowl, but it was late in the season and it was unprompted. Hmm. Like it wasn't, you know, taught for, it, it was unprompted. So I, I, I put a little bit more meaning behind it. Like they, they, they're a good team. One of the things that was was so frustrating in that game is is the Eagles kept building the lead, fourteen points, seventeen points, yeah. and, you, and you keep thinking, okay, you've knocked them down on the mat, they're going to stay down. And the Lions, being the jerks they are, kept getting up and scoring a touchdown, and they wouldn't quit. And as you know, listen, if you're a Monty Python fan, it's like the Black Knight, you know, come back, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> and uh, you, the Eagles kept scoring, and they they kept scoring, and by the end, it cut it thirty eight thirty five, and. I feel like it was a uh, a late quarterback sneak that sealed the game. Uh, we didn't realize what. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, that would become I, right. I, yeah, and, Jalen, uh, uh, that the early start. Uh, I don't think it was a tush push though. I think back no, then, no, no. They, was they let him do it on his own. Really? Yeah, yeah absolutely, him. absolutely. And which uh, is why I advocate. Hey, they should have banned the tush push. It would have helped the Eagles because Jalen's getting it anyway. Other quarterbacks right. may, need help. May not get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so let me put you both to the number test. Detroit Lions, the over under 10 and a half. This team going to win 11 games this year? Go 11 and six? I think so. And I'll let Tommy, I say yes because look, Minnesota's, I don't want to say they're tanking, but they're they're going in a different direction. Um, Green Bay's. No Aaron Rodgers going to Jordan Love. They're going to struggle. Chicago's not ready. Somebody's got to win games in that division. I think it's going to be Detroit, and I think it gets them to 11. That's that's why I would say. Tommy, under over 10 and a half. 
you know, just listen, for the sake of entertainment, I'll go under. And again, yeah, listen, you, John doesn't know anything. He matches the FBI. He takes all his assaults yeah, from the USB yeah. and FBI. You can't trust that guy. <laughs> um, no, listen, they, I think they're going to be a, a good team, and I think they're going to win double-digit games. I would have them probably at 10. But I do think that nobody's going to be caught off guard by Detroit. And some teams are going to – whereas Detroit, you know, you have to go back quite a few years for people to circle that game and say, we, we want to play the Lions – they're going to get some of that this year and responding to winning and playing with a, a bullseye on your back. That's tough. Not every team handles that well. So we'll see if Detroit does. They probably will, but I am curious to see how they do. The reason why I'm taking the under is too many lions players will actually go on their phone and bet the over while at yeah, the facilities yeah. and be suspended. Cause yeah. Detroit's had more players suspended than anyone else in the national football league, including their star second year wide receiver. Who's not going to play the first six games. That's so right. That's right. I'm going under cause uh, and bet on it. Cause the lions will. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sold on Dan Campbell's a head coach either, but I, you know, somebody's got to win some games in that division. The other three right. teams John, you, you, I know it's, it's going to be painful for you, but the bear is going to be much improved. Uh, so not Campbell's there. the kind of guy who can motivate players, get them to play tough, play hard, really battle. But history is filled with guys like that who got the team above 500, but couldn't get them to the next yeah, level. Yeah. Cause at a certain point, you have to you have to have X's and O's answers, and you have to have long term vision, and those are the kind of things I don't know if he does. He's hey, look, the guy. The guy's done a terrific job, and he's he's got that franchise turned around. But I just don't know if he's going to be be the guy to, to get him to go to the next level. And mark my words, the Lions will not be as good running the football. Jameer Gibbs going through soft practices as a first round draft pick. They're going to miss <laughs> uh, both Williams and Swift, the two running backs they moved away from. And, oh, by the way, very good running back coach, no longer there, now in Carolina, down your neck of the woods, joining the Panthers staff. Uh, sons deuce, I don't think the Lions will run the ball as well this upcoming year. Tommy, great stuff. We always appreciate it when you come on. Thanks for jumping in to help us get through the downtime that is the Eagles offseason. We will certainly be doing so again in a couple of weeks. Thanks for jumping in today. I, I've got to go get some gin to be ready for the long day. There we go. And I warned you about Brock Purdy. I warned you, Tommy. I you warned did. you. You did. Yeah. I, I didn't listen. I, I was. I, I will listen next time, John. I promise. You, you got. You got nine days before the longest day of the year. So I think. I think you get out to the liquor store and get yourself some good gin between now and the twenty first. Right now, <laughs> Tommy. Good stuff. Thanks, bud. Thanks, guys. Tommy Thanks, Lawler, EaglesBlitz.com. Check out his website. Uh, Tommy puts up Eagles commentary and uh, posts all the time. He's got a pretty damn good grasp of this football team. I Jody Mac, Johnny Mac coming back. We got more Birds 365, hour number two coming your way. Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. 
Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. With a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs, and then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald, hanging with you on Birds 365. We are in the midst of the downtime that is the Eagles offseason. No OTAs, no practices. We wait for camp to arrive. And, John, the first official day of camp is going to be what? Uh, it's not official yet, so I can't tell you. Um, exactly. Um, just keep an eye on July 25th. Uh, probably. Probably. Is that a, a Monday or a Sunday? 
Well, that's a good question. I'd have if, to look at my I, Now, the, all these years blend one into another, but if memory serves, most often it seems to me that they get the rookies reporting on Sunday night. Come in, and you get the video down there of everyone coming in in their fancy cars and reporting it. It's not the same as it used to be because – Nobody stays there. It used to be checking into a camp somewhere on yeah, a college, college campus. Yeah. You'd have to check into the dorm. Not exactly the same. But I, for some reason, remember it as they usually make Sunday the rookie day. And yeah. then the day yeah, after that's Monday. Uh, it's a Tuesday. That, that makes sense. Uh, I believe, and this is, again, this is all just speculation. 25th will be the reporting day. If, if 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 history holds true, recent history, not what you're talking about back in the old days when people would go to college campuses, still a few teams, very few uh, mm-hmm. do that. But uh, uh, they will practice. The first practice will be Wednesday, and you have this ramp up. You have to. Oh, you also have this five day ramp up period, also collectively bargained. Um, and then I'll have off on Thursday, the 27th, typically, and then get back to work over the weekend. That's, that's my, looking at the calendar, that's my best guess. What's the ramp-up period include? Uh, you can't have pads. You, 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 know, you, you can only be on the field for a certain amount of time. I'll look it up and give you the exact details. But, uh, yeah, that's another change in recent years. Um, uh and yeah, it's and, it's a and, lot different from the days that you were speaking of. And whatever the time frame, the maximum amount of time uh, allowed is, you cut it by at least a third, if not a half, as to what the Eagles are going to do. Because they they never push that envelope. They never knock up against the maximum number of minutes you're allowed to work out. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't say that far. I wouldn't go half. But yeah, I mean. Uh, uh, on days, let's see. The letter uh, I got the letter up uh, when they announced well, let, it. Let, let me ask you a question, John. Uh, for last week OTAs, what was the maximum amount of time allowed on any given day? The maximum? Yeah, as per on the OTAs, CBA, you know, off the top of your head. Yeah, no, I, I I don't know, but here's uh, I, I, I'd speculate there was probably at least one two-hour day in there, right? Nah, they could have spent two, two hours. Think it's long. under two hours. Two two hours is long for OTAs, uh, but I, I don't know because Just, well day two day two is ninety minutes, um, of training camp. Day three is one hundred and five minutes. Day four is two hours. Day five is two hours, and that's the maximum for maximum. every team. Um, uh, that's you know, that's how long you could be on the field, no contact. Uh, no pads. Right. Um, so, you know. So those those two two-hour days, what do you think the Eagles are going to do? Hour, hour 10. So in other words, half, which is exactly what I said, which you said, I don't know about that. Well, I, w- I was talking mainly that first day, 90 minutes. I don't know if they'll go 45. Uh, they usually go an hour, hour 10. That's what That's what they do. Did they hour, do under hour, an hour time. last week? Um, 45, 50. I'm talking about training camp, though. I'm not talking right. about OTAs. But, I'm talking about training camp. Training camp, they take uh, a little bit more seriously. I'm not going to – and they take it seriously. They just 
they do more work in there. Right, but they're, in their, the first week is no pads, right? It's shorts and t-shirts. Yeah, that's for everybody. That's not allowed. Right, not yeah. Um, of course, the National Football League, I get that, but that that to me denotes when the Eagles actually start uh, putting in work. Is when it's they called have. the acclimation period. Really, not ramp up. They they have an actual name for it. Acclimate, acclimation not, period. Uh, that's a pretty damn fancy word. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I've not heard that one thrown around about the National Football League. Yeah, you, you know, I, you, you've probably heard me say this before. The NFL is over freaking legislating everything. They, they, they got a rule for everything. It's like, it, it, it's like, you know, the most copious legal document just bogged down everything. It's it's absurd. It's oh. absurd. Here's here's where uh, here's how I respond to that. Um, there's a reason for that that it's over legislated specifically with all these rules and how much time you put in everything else. It's greed by the NFL owners that every time there is a collective bargaining agreement and the union wants to try and get at least whatever small little percentage more for their players they can, the NFL owners go no. No, what else can we give? We'll give you something else. We're not going to give you another dime, but we'll give you something else. So, well, let's negotiate amount of time and amount of practice. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll give you that. You need us to go to paper on that? Yeah, you need us to give exact number of minutes? You need us to find teams when, God forbid, they practice for five more minutes than they're supposed to? Oh, yeah, we'll give you all that. But we're not going to give you another cent when it comes to uh, salaries and uh, actually going into our pockets. That's why it's as legislated as it is, John. The owners don't ever want to give the players anything when it comes to increasing salaries. Well, they don't. I mean, yeah, they want to make as big a profit as 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 they possibly can. There's no doubt about that. I, you'll never hear me argue that. But I, I think a lot of it has to do with, I mean, I it's not the NFL. It's society as a whole. I think it, it, a lot of it has to do and I always say about pending litigation, future litigation, um, you know, bottom line, it, it, it works both ways. I mean, the union is is negotiating for the players, vice versa. The league is out for itself. Um, and, and the fans get screwed, basically, um, through it all. Um, but... Look, I see both sides from the health issue. But as we know, you know, whether it's kickoff returns, whether it's Thursday night games, whether it's torn ACLs, we just talked about RG3. You know, one of one of my pet peeves is when people talk about player safety in the NFL, they're only talking about one thing, concussions. They don't give a rat's ass if you tear your ACL, your LCL. And, and by rat's ass, I mean long-term like they're not concerned from a legal indemnity standpoint about a torn ACL they're concerned about concussions so all we're talking about when we talk about player safety is concussions that's it with those goofy as Lane Johnson describes those goofy guardian caps you'll see them at the beginning oh, now be there oh yeah. yeah there's no evidence that they help but you know we'll see it because you can take a picture of it and say, oh, they're trying to help. They're trying to uh, increase player safety. It's all nonsense. But it, it, part of the reason why is because 
Yeah, they will get sued. So, you know, they got to do this dog and pony show. All right. Let me ask you this question. And Jeff Carr is going to join us coming up in a little over 10 minutes from now. And I want to just take on it as well. Uh, major sports story during the week broke that didn't immediately affect the National Football League, but I think can at some point in the future. And I would not be surprised if it was relatively soon in the future. The PGA Tour merged with Live Golf, which is the Saudi-run and funded golf tour. And a lot of the top-flight PGA players left to go play for Live for more money, but less actual work. And there's a split between the PGA Tour players who stayed loyal and stayed on the PGA Tour and those that went to Live. Well, after many a lawsuit, some advancing pretty quickly about the golf being a monopoly and live suing the PGA, they decided rather than fight, let's make up and hold hands and become partners. So the PGA tour is now supposedly equal partners with the uh, Saudis that uh, run live. And don't kid yourself. The Saudis are the ones that are guaranteeing the funding and are going to be helping making that much more money for everyone involved. So if there's a 51-49 here, it's not going to be the PGA pulling the strings. It's going to be the Saudis. They have, at least, they have a deal in place. It is a structured deal. It's not done yet. It's not a fait accompli. There's some hurdles they have still have to get over. But they went so far as to announce the fact that they had the framework for a deal. So it sounds to me like it's going to get done. So the Saudis have accomplished what they wanted. They've got their foothold in professional sports in this country. The National Football League owners, if nothing else, over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years have shown, when in doubt, they kneel at the altar of the almighty dollar. That when push comes to shove, it's a business. We're going to take the deal that makes us as a collective 31-person group, and I'm leaving Josh Harris out of it for right now, and I'm not putting Dan Snyder in. So it's a 31-person collective group. They take the money. What happens when the Saudis come knocking at the door and say, we'd like to purchase a National Football League team? When one becomes available and the sale process begins, NFL going to open their doors for them? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, I've been on top of this story long before the golf aspect of it, because it all goes back, you know, to WWE's deal with uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, which is, you know, they're in year year four or year five and they basically do two shows a year they get 55 million per show so in the history of 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 pro wrestling the biggest money shows they've done like 10 at this point one through 10 are the saudi arabia shows one through 10 that's how much money they get for one event but wrestlemania Uh, uh, destroys destroys it uh one through 10 literally not not there's no it's a public company. Um, they get $55 million a show um, just to put on, you know, uh, because they have that kind of money. Uh, you're seeing it with golf now. Now, you know, let's be honest. Most sports fans probably aren't well-versed to get into, you know, geopolitical matters and, and you know, Saudi Arabia and, and their human rights record, treatment of women, treatment of, of, of homosexuals. Um, it's a different culture to 
theocracy-based culture. It's a Muslim-based culture. They don't accept those things. Um, I think a lot of Americans are very, I don't think, I know they're very, you know, all right, you should do things the way we do. Well, the rest of the world didn't like that. So from the standpoint of the U.S. government has a list of countries that you can do business with. And Saudi Arabia is on that list. That is their responsibility. If, if they say it's okay to do business, you can't go to the PGA. You can't go to WWE. You can't go to the NFL and say, oh, but you shouldn't do business because I don't like their human rights record. You can, but you're holding them up to a standard the U.S. government isn't. So my, my point has always been, I've written about this in the past, if you're angry about it, be angry about it. But blame the people who are to blame, and that's the U.S. government. They're the ones who make the rules. If they say you can't do business, like you can't do business with Iran, nobody does business. And if they do, they get in trouble in this country. That, that you know, people are misguided of, of where they place their angst. And they place it at the PGA. They place it at, at, at UFC when they did business. Uh, at WWE, UFC actually pulled out because they got so much crap over it um, for a while. Now they're back. Right. Uh, uh, and, and, and so many businesses... Uh, because there's so much money in the kingdom. You know, yeah. If you allow a business to make money, guess what, Jody? They're going to make money. And the NFL is no different. So, yes, they will get involved. And my my assumption is that they have far grander thoughts than buying one NFL team would be my assumption. Really? Well, they did it in the PGA. They've done it. They have, it's called the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Yep. Um, it's basically a, 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 a wealth fund chaired by the government um, to, you know, they, they are becoming more progressive, not compared to our society, but compared to their society. And they're trying to turn around their, their you know, public base and, you know, for instance, again, you know, women couldn't wrestle. Now they can. Um, Sami Zayn couldn't wrestle in Saudi Arabia because he's Syrian. Now he can. Um, they're 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 becoming more progressive. Um, that's not good enough for some people, but again, that's the goal of this public investment fund. And they've done it. They have big boxing fights over there. Tyson Fury has gotten in, 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 you know, because they offer more money and businesses or, or, or individuals in the case of PGA golfers uh, who, who they made more money. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Understood. But you suggested something bigger than just buying one team. What try to pull a power play like they did with the PGA and become partners with the national football league. Well, look, you know, the 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 fund they have is six hundred billion dollars, which is enormous, but it's not enormous enough to if you cobble together each individual NFL team, 
the NFL is so big, they would have to increase it. But it wouldn't surprise me if down the road that they try to get involved. They try to become partners like the PGA. They're not partners. They're in charge. Right. Um, it they're partners, it but don't kid yourself. It's 5149 yeah. and money talks and BS walks. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if down the road. But look, they've done it in every area. Why wouldn't they do it? Now, the only difference is, again, the NFL is a uniquely – American sport, like nobody else plays it. They're starting to be some European teams, club teams, things like that. But like soccer and 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 uh, boxing and 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 golf, uh, these are these are worldwide sports where many countries play it. Many countries understand it. Football is a little bit different. I'm not sure they have interest in football because they don't understand football. And I'm not talking about their football with soccer. Um, uh, uh, American football. I'm not sure they have the same kind of interest, but I have no idea. I haven't heard any rumblings. Um, if it's a way to make money, though, it's a way to make money. Yeah, I I think they'd want to get their toe wet by owning a National Football League team first. Wow, how about dipping your toe in for six billion dollars? <laughs> Well, we we are talking about zeros that I can't even comprehend. That, that is that's a nothing. small. Let's make a small investment by buying an NFL team for six or seven billion dollars. Yeah. But Again, those are the figures that we're talking about here. Yeah, I don't know that they're ready to jump in and become partners with the NFL, but wouldn't be surprised. And there'll be people with that have problems with it. But I think you did a good job of explaining, John. Make sure you send your ire out to all parties that are involved in this, including the governments that let this happen if uh, you've got a problem with doing business with countries that have the human rights record that uh, a country like Saudi Arabia does. I eat Johnny Mac, I'm Jody Mac. We'll get back to talking football, but this is football. Could Saudi Arabia become... Shoot, Johnny's ahead of me. He's got them coming in and becoming partners, taking partnership with the NFL. That's not what I said. I said they have the financial wherewithal if they wanted to do it. But I don't know if they have any interest in American football. They've they've shown no evidence of that. They've shown evidence in boxing and mixed martial arts and golf and and pro wrestling. Um, You know, baseball is a uniquely American sport. It's, it's, It's a little bit more, you know, it's big in Japan. It's big in Asia as well. It's a little bit bigger from a world standpoint than um than than football but it's still not on the level of a soccer or basketball basketball would be the better indication because basketball is a worldwide sport as well um if they they would probably try to make a move to the nba i would think before the nfl yeah but again we're talking about dollars and cents when it comes down to it what's the biggest motivating factor dollars and cents and the nfl generates more dollars than anybody else. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Mac and Mac, going to be joined by Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports. He's next on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. John McMullen just disappeared. It was like I-95 collapsing. John just, poof, went into the netherworld. We're hoping to get him back up here in just a second. But I do have Jeff Kerr joining me. Uh, Mr. Kerr, I know you like to get down to Sunday Philly games, and they were victorious yesterday against the Dodgers. Got two out of three in the series, so successful homestand before they head out west. Uh, You go yesterday? I did go yesterday, and I went Friday for the Dick Allen bobblehead and the Kyle Schwarber walk-off, so it was a good weekend. Very nice. How do you get there? Do you venture down 95 at all? Did, did you have to change your travel plan to get to the game yesterday? It actually didn't affect anything on my end, So because I'm out you know, toward Royersford. So what the way I go, it all depends like what time I leave. Like, I could have went 76 like I normally do, but I usually go 476 to 95. 476 was backed up, but it wasn't any different than it was on a normal Sunday. I, I think I hit, I did hit traffic a little earlier, but I normally avoid Northeast <laughs> Philadelphia as much as I can because I 
I usually don't go that way, although one of my favorite cheesesteak places is in Levittown. So I don't think I'll be going there quite yeah, as often yeah, now. We have to, have to be doing without that going forward for a while because it's going to be nasty. So you go down below and come back up on 95. Yeah, correct. And then I go over the Platte Bridge and get to the stadium. Understood. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a stone-cold mess here for the next several <laughs> months. And uh, for those of us who cover the Eagles, now I cover the Phillies and you're a fan and everything else. So, uh, yeah, there's still going to be uh, traveling that needs to be done. But be thankful that the Phillies are in the midst of a down season after they finish up the OTAs. And I don't know if you heard, uh, uh, Jeff Kerr, but Christian Ellis is going to be an all pro this year because he intercepted a couple of plays in activities this past week. Um, yes, I kid because I care. Um, I, 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 John told me last week, these practices mean nothing. Now he's talking about the veteran guys. They surely mean something to guys who are going to try and make the team. And I appreciate the fact that Christian Ellis was out there busting it. Do we get too caught up in this seven on seven short drills and overestimate what a guy could actually do because they look good in June in an Eagle activity? I think we do to an extent. Now, look, I, I'm not going to deny. I think Christian Ellis had a, amazing minicamp from the two practices I was at and John was at there too. But yeah, I, I think we get a little too overboard with the whole seven on sevens, the the helmets and shells, because it's not, you're not going in full pads. You're not really seeing what these guys could do in t- when you get 11 on 11, you know, there's no offensive line. There's no this, there's no that, but it's hard to deny what Christian Ellis was able to do and how he was on first team. And look, he made himself noticed and in a good way. And that's a good thing. It's will it determine if Christian Ellis is going to be on this team come September? I I think Christian Ellis gave himself a really good head start in terms of where he fits on this depth chart, John. Uh, hey, thanks for uh, getting me through. The dog was not waiting today, so wasn't uh, had to step out for a little bit, but I appreciate it, guys. I, I heard you talking, Christian Ellis. You know, uh, I want to get to him, Jeff, but real quick, because I don't know how in-depth he got um, with with Christian. I, I wanted to mention Nick Sirianni and Trey Sermon. He keeps bringing up Trey Sermon, and he keeps bringing him up unprompted. Now, Jody and I have been doing this show for a while now. I always kind of chuckle at the Kerry Vincents, the Mac McKeans, the Tay Gallons. They were talking them up during the offseason. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they get James Bradbury. Um, so Nick's not going to throw anybody under the bus ever. But he keeps bringing them up. Unpro- like he's not getting asked the question. He would get... They had no cornerbacks at the time. He was asked questions about the cornerbacks, and he talked up the cornerbacks he had. Now he's got a bunch of running backs. He's got guys he likes that were here, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell. They bring in Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, and he keeps bringing up Trey Sermon. Is it real to you? Does that make it real to you? I think it's real because of the value of the position. I think – a guy like Trey Sermon could come in here and average four and a half yards per carry behind this offensive line that they need to call upon him. My question is, John, who are they getting rid of at running back? Because I, I keep saying they have five guys that could be on this team, but there's no way they keep all five, right? 
No, I can't imagine. I mean, it, it, you know, the one guy, now I'll say the other end, you know, the one guy never talks about seemingly is Rashad Penny. Yeah, never talks about him. I and, forget he's and, on the team. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they defaulted to Boston and Kenny during the OTAs. They took the first team reps. Um, and then it was Trey Sermon. And then it was down to uh, Rashad and DeAndre. But DeAndre was more involved uh, when they got to the actual seven-on-sevens. You saw the bubble screens, for instance. A lot of Kenny Gainwell, a lot of DeAndre Swift. I don't know. I get that feeling that maybe – uh, Rashad Penny is not catching the eye of the coaching staff, or am I just, you know, trying to come up with stuff in the offseason? Yeah, and he has a non-guaranteed contract, so that's what comes in as well. I, I do think Rashad Penny makes this football team ultimately. I think you can't ignore the north-south he brings as a running back, and I think he's the clearly the best one at doing that, but you're right. Kenny Gainwell was getting a lot of reps. DeAndre Swift was getting a lot of reps. Of course, this is seven on sevens, and they're using passing. We're not actually seeing them running the ball. I think we're we're going to see Rashad Penny shine is in six weeks from now on July 25th. I think that's where, as long as he's healthy, I I, I think that's always going to be the key with Rashad Penny. He's productive when he's healthy, but can he stay healthy for five weeks? Or is the head coach doing the general manager's bidding? that he's putting the guy out there that they don't think can make the team. But if we talk him up enough, maybe you can get one of those all important conditional draft picks or trade a spot in the seventh for a trade down in the sixth or whatever. You know how he loves to win trades, even if they're on a minimal level. Is trade Sermon going to bring anything back in a trade? A guy was just flat out cut and the Eagles had to work just to keep on their practice squad all last year well uh, did they ever did they ever put him up on waivers or did they keep him on the 53 all year john no they kept trey all, all year. year long yeah, all year. He, he was always like a game day in that he played the jaguars in act i remember yeah. yeah yeah the sermon from the book of job that was right. their job yeah, the inactives every single <laughs> week um so do you think perchance that they're doing this because how he thinks he can get something if he puts him on the market for a trade commodity come august from my standpoint, no, I don't think I I I don't think you're going to get anything. You never say never with a conditional seventh round pick, but I no, I I I don't think you know Trey Sermon hasn't proven anything, and there's a ton of guys who, um, you know, other teams have their own guys they fall in love with, and it might be their sixth round pick or their seventh round pick or their undrafted free agent that are also cost effective, so. That's that's kind of why I bring up the unprompted stuff, because, you know, when you start talking about trade, like people have mentioned, maybe he's talking up Quez Watkins for trade purposes that I buy a little bit more because Quez has a little bit of demonstrated performance and people might chuckle at that, but he's performed at least at a certain level. Um, there's, you know something there he's played a lot of snaps well over 700 so i think that to me is is more uh when you talk about young players and when, when you talk about you're either trying to prop them up uh and maybe he's just trying to prop them up trying to get them a little bit of confidence or it's real at this position similar to christian ellis where you guys were talking about when i was off 
I, I, I don't know if I believe in Christian Ellis, but I believe he's got a chance. I'm starting to believe Trey Sermon has a chance because of one need and because there's some talent there. He was a third-round pick. It concerns me San Francisco, a good running team, gave up on him so quick. But there's got to be some talent there. They also found more value in, in Eli Mitchell, too, which yeah. I, I think that was just luck of the draw. I mean, they drafted two running backs, and – I think they thought both were going to pan out, and one did. But I'll say this too, John, with Christian Ellis. I hope he can become at least a quarter as good as Caden Ellis because <laughs> I love his brother. His his brother was a great signing by the Falcons. Yeah, his brother's a good player. Um, uh, he's He turned into a pretty good player early. And we'll see his other brother, Noah's on the Eagles, and he's healthy from his torn Achilles. So who knows? Luther – uh, Luther Ellis, the ex-Giants, uh, Lions, Pro Bowl Lions, defensive yeah. tackle. He's got 12 kids, I think, seven adopted. Uh, Caden's in the NFL. Christian's in the NFL. Noah's trying to work his way in the NFL. And real quick, because Jody and I were just talking about it, so I got to give the fans the heads up. It is official players report on Tuesday, July 25th. Yeah, I had a Johnny um, Mac. Yeah, uh, well, a little birdie told me that, so I I had some inside information there. But it will be Tuesday, July 25th, Lincoln Financial Practice Field, Sunday, August 6th at 7 p.m. That's 10 bucks in in season. Uh, uh, Individual tickets for games go on sale June 13th, so tomorrow. Uh, So everybody... Get excited for that. So we're gonna get we're gonna hear all the Ticketmaster complaints on the Bird app tomorrow. I'm assuming. Yeah, probably, probably. And uh, tickets. Now, uh, oh, by, by the, the way, way, benefit the All Eagles Autism Foundation. I got to mention that the uh, single game tickets. That's all online, right? Did they even open a ticket window down at Lincoln Financial Field anymore? To my to my knowledge, no, they don't do that anymore. Yeah, I, that, I do that was that was good stuff for both television to go down there, get in line with the guys, get them screaming, y'all. That's good stuff. Nobody for, does that anymore. Do you for, for young, get on your app for young 11, 12 year old Jeff Kerr. That was awesome waiting in line for exactly. the Eagles Bucks 2000 wild card game and getting those tickets during your week off from school. For that some reason, you used to be able to buy tickets at Wanamakers. If everybody remembers Wanamakers, uh, I have no idea why. I didn't know they sold tickets there. Oh, yeah. They had a ticket outlet at Wanamakers in Philadelphia. But well, uh, Fun story about Wanamakers and Hess's and all those department stores. My family actually keeps those boxes and wraps Christmas. Nice. Nice. Up in them. Yeah. nice. You get a Wanamaker's box. Yeah, I, I get like a Wanamaker's it. box. I feel By like the way, I'm in the you, 80s. Know, you know what was cool back then is you would keep your tickets. You'd have the memento. Now oh, you sure. just I've put out your tickets. phone. Yeah, you just bring out your phone. What it's gone. You just delete it from your wallet, I whatever. S- I still have a lot of my old Eagles playoff tickets. I got uh the first game at Citizens Bank Park, the last game at the Vet. I still have those yeah. ticket stubs. That's yeah. It's, I uh I no more. Still- I still have the ticket stub for the game when the ball went through Buckner's legs. Uh, That's crazy. I will, I will have that uh, for the rest of my life. Laminate that right. thing. Now, oops, it's gone on your phone. You were there, one of the greatest games of all time. You went, no, nah, it's not there. It's on your phone. It was an app. You're gone. See you later. Bye. That's uh, so, Some things, advancement in technology has exactly made 
less uh, palatable in life. But that's just old man Jody Mack uh, barking, get off my lawn, you young kids. Um, all right, Jeff Kerr, with now the fact that we know the Eagles are going to be down for a month, nowhere to be seen for a month. Guys like you have to try and ferret out stories, you and Johnny Mack both, about what the hell the Eagles are doing while they're away from Philadelphia for a month. I brought this back up last week, and I know I sound like the Grinch. First, I'm the old man. Now I'm the Grinch. Um, they're not going to have someone overwatching Jalen Carter, but how much do you think the Eagles talk to his teammates, his former Georgia teammates and the like, to just stay in touch with Jalen Carter because the Eagles got one of the most talented players, maybe the most talented player in the draft at the number nine slot for a reason. He had off-field issues. This is the time when uh, they're away from the structure that is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles drafted him because they believe in their structure. But this is the one downtime of the year where the structure might not be good enough to uh, keep a kid from getting out of into trouble. How much uh, oversight do you think the Eagles will try and keep in any way, shape, or form on Jalen Carter? I think this is where a guy like Jordan Davis comes in. And Jordan Davis said this, what, two Thursdays ago, John? He was telling us about, hey, look, you know, if these guys need to ride somewhere, if they need to go to a Wawa, if they need to just get yeah, out of, get, yeah. you know, I'm going to be there. I think it's going to be the Jordan Davises, then the Kobe Deans, the Kaylee Ringos, you know, his, uh, you know, his teammates at Georgia, I think are going to be the ones again through these six weeks. Yeah. Nolan Smith too. Nolan's that, uh, you know, he's got a little Jalen Hurts in him. He's so uh, mature as a, as a young person. So um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Jordan Davis seems to be taking on that mantle as well. Um, and I'm sure the Eagles will say, Hey, make sure you check in on them a little bit more, but there's only so much they can do. Everybody goes through the same thing in this league and the Eagles have been pretty good at, um, you know, it was kind of chuckled to cheerleaders episode. There've been a few, um, episodes off the field, but that's going to happen. You 90 guys. Um, it happens to every NFL team. The Eagles, have been pretty good avoiding those things. I think that's about the stuff you do before, not after. I mean, you got to do all your due diligence. There are certain guys you want to stay away from them. Right. I think they do a, a pretty good job of that. And that's one of the reasons why I support the Jalen Carter move and the draft pick. The talent is unquestioned. Um, but if they, if they feel it's worth it, that, that adds some weight to me because they've been good at this stuff in the past. It's just like demonstrated performance again. All right. This team's been good at this stuff. So do they deserve the benefit of the doubt or am I giving them too much, Jeff? No, I think they deserve the benefit of the doubt. I mean, what was the last major Eagles offseason storyline that was negative between June and July? Was it Nigel Bratham? Is that the last one? Um, I don't know the timing. That was a great Jim Ward yeah. quote, by the way. But uh, uh, yeah, the cabana doing, thing. <laughs> if you keep doing stupid stuff, people are going to start calling you stupid. But uh, um, Daryl Worley, uh, people forget yeah. about him. He got uh, cut too. Yeah, he got cut right away. Um, yeah, it, not a lot. Um, Nelson got in trouble. Um, and, but, you know, 
Um, Josh Huff. I'm not sure of the timing of the Josh. Josh Huff, Huff was October, there. wasn't it? October. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't like the. Wasn't the like the during the bye week? It was right after he had that big game where he won Special Teams Player of the Week. Yeah, yeah. So the timing's all there. Yeah, they they haven't had a lot of problems recently. Yeah. No I, you know, we we joke in the national media, especially at CBS, like, oh, this is the time where you start hearing about Cowboys stuff and not in a good light. Yeah, this is where Mike Florio made his bones with his uh, <laughs> arrest kicker. Uh, that he oh, conveniently loved the, loved the arrest ticker. Yeah. Um, so here's my question for both you guys, uh, since we're talking about Carter and them getting a number nine and the Eagles not having many issues over the last five years, 10 years with drafted players and getting them in trouble. Is it because they have this good inner structure that they uh, bring people in and make them part of their culture and do the right thing and keep an eye on them and have their teammates work with them and maybe turn a guy's uh, overall outlook on life around? Or do they just have the ability to say, yeah, we're not taking a guy because we're not sure if we can control we, we know what the talent level is, but it's too big a risk. Do we know which one it is with Jalen Carter? Because we know some people graded him the most talented player in the draft, either he or Anderson. Uh, you're not going to knock the teams who took quarterbacks in the first four picks in the draft for passing on them. But Seattle takes a DB. Arizona takes an offensive lineman. The Raiders take Tyree Wilson, who's in edges compared to a tackle, but another defensive lineman. And, yeah, the Falcons take B. John Robinson. We'll see how that works out. A lot of people in Philadelphia wanted that to be the Eagles pick. Which one is it here? Is it the Eagles that good at just uh, bringing a guy along and changing his outlook on life or that they got a little lucky here because other teams decided they weren't going to take a chance on a player? I think the Eagles were very fortunate that they were able to get themselves in the position to get Jalen Carter just because, as you said, Joey, with the teams with the quarterbacks, okay, you know, that is what it is. Everybody needs a quarterback. But – Seattle could have taken him. I didn't think he was going to get past Detroit at six. And then the Cardinals traded up. And I'm like, well, maybe they could take him. But they always like Paris Johnson, which I heard the Falcons really wanted Paris Johnson. And then they, obviously, he was taken. So Tyree Wilson's off the board. They pivot and said, you know what? We'll just take who we feel is the best player available. We trust our offensive line, who's one of the best run-blocking offensive lines in football. I know it, I said one. I didn't say they were the best. But – they decide to get him, and then all of a sudden, Jalen Carter's still on the board. But I know some of these teams wouldn't touch him with a 10-and-a-half-foot pole, and I thought the team that would have would have been the Seattle Seahawks. But I, I think they want someone to help Tariq Woolen out and Quandre Diggs and guys like that. So they, they got Devin Witherspoon, which I can't blame him. I thought he was the best cornerback in the draft, personally. But I don't have much of an issue with teams picking the guys they pick, but – you just keep letting good players fall to good organizations and you wonder why good organizations stay good. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, you, Jody went down the whole list, except the the one team that passed on him twice, essentially. And and Ryan Poles went public and said, I can't take him." essentially admitted it. Uh, and he said, build up. He also said, he thinks build up is a great spot for him because, and, and that's one of the underrated parts of of howie roseman's success and i've talked about it a bunch on this show 
I'll bring it up again here because we brought it up. He can do these things. Other guys, Ryan Poles, cannot. He can't do it. Um, and I don't blame him, but the bottom line is the Chicago Bears, um, and, and Jody knows I've been tough on them, and this is part of the reason why, they end up, they have the first pick in the draft, right? They can't take the kid at number one. They trade down. They're probably hoping, well, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Oh, no, they had to worry about it again. Now they got something extra. Give them a round of applause for that. They got two something extras. But the bottom line is they, they, they started at number one overall, and they got Darnell Wright, and maybe he turns into a 10-time Pro Bowl. I think he I, is going to be a good player, but I don't think he's going to be Jalen Carter. And, and, and they could have they, they had Jalen Carter or Will Anderson or whatever. They're not going to take a quarterback. Uh, so, John, I have to – right now I'm actually writing the best offseason move for each team, whether it was coach, hire, or, you know, draft pick or whatever. And I put the Bears – what they did, how much they traded, how much they got back for the number one pick. But I said, oh, they still could have drafted the guy. They probably would have drafted number one if there wasn't any baggage. And that was Jalen Carter. And I just happened to mention it in a footnote, like, oh, they still made an awesome trade and they still could have gotten the guy they wanted. Yeah. It, it's crazy. But they did add a talented wide receiver, which they desperately needed and got future draft assets. I think Chicago did fine, and I was a big fan of Wright. I know you're a uh, combine guy. He was the best offensive lineman in the combine. He was better than Paris Johnson, who I know had a better regular season, and that's why he went first. But I think Wright's going to be a stud in the NFL. I, I think the tackles in this class were very good, especially the ones in the first round. I, I think most of the guys that got tackles or most of the teams, I think they're going to be more than happy with what they got. I think Jeff hit the nail on the head, man. These these bad teams keep giving good teams good players, and it doesn't make freaking sense. Like if I'm I'm if I'm an NFC team, if I'm San Francisco, if I'm Dallas, if I'm Detroit, even if you want to throw Minnesota, New yeah, Orleans, is, isn't, whoever, isn't Detroit only one year removed from being a bad team? Not even one year, half a year removed from being a bad. Well, team. they're they're typically a bad team. They've been a bad team for a long time. They're finally turning around. All I'm trying to say is I, I don't have any hair, but if I had hair, I'd pull it out. Like, how how were you giving the Philadelphia Eagles freaking Jalen Carter? I, I, I don't know, but they did. They, I say this in did. baseball, too, with the Atlanta Braves. Why does everybody let the Atlanta Braves get good players? Why do they let them get Matt Olson, Sean Murphy, and everybody? Why does everybody let Alex Anthopoulos just run the National League? Yeah. It's I, weird. I, it's amazing to me. That the, the Philadelphia Eagles ended up with Jalen Carter. You know, this is going to be uh, my prediction, and I've been very high. Jody knows on Jalen Carter. This is going to be one of those you look back in, in, in 10 years and go, what the hell was everybody thinking? Why are they letting this team get this player? Uh, it, it's astonishing to me. Everybody's I, so excited about Nolan Smith, and I said, I'm telling you guys, you guys are going to love watching Jalen Carter in camp. It, you really are. Yeah, I think when people start to see him, they're going to get it. Um, I, I, yeah, I, and to Ryan's credit, I've been hard on Ryan because I think he's in this new age, and I'll say the same thing about Quasi Adolfo Menson, the same division. You know, 
they're very analytics driven and uh, yeah, I, I, I hope it works for them. I hope it works for them, but they're, they're followers. They're not leaders. And, they- and to a certain extent, to a certain extent, and we lost Jody. Um, I get it. They're not allowed to do it. And that's where I think Jeffrey Lurie factors into this in, in a very big way. Look, I, I think if Brian Poles was allowed, I don't think he's a dummy. I think he would have taken the kid. He couldn't take the kid because he's going to get fired if he gets a ticket in Chicago. And if it doesn't work out, he can't afford even that small percentage chance that it blows up. Because again, we're not talking about John Dillinger. We're talking about a kid who um, made some mistakes and one was very tragic, but we're not talking about somebody's robbing people or doing horrendous things. We're talking about an immature, extremely talented kid. Um, I don't know. And I give him credit for admitting it. He went on Chicago 670 to score and said, I can't take him. I think Philadelphia's a great place for him. Why can't he take him? Right. That's because not his fault. I'll explain to you, John. This would just be my theory. No other team, a whole bunch of other teams. Bears passed on him, but we just went through Seattle and the Raiders and other teams that took him. How many of those teams have Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox? Veteran guys, been there before, mentors who can be none. How many of those teams have two of his college teammates that they drafted the year before, one of which who played right next to him on the defensive line, and the other one who played right behind him as a linebacker? None. So the Eagles, it wasn't as much the Eagles are this structured organization and Howie Roseman is so much smarter than everybody else. It was kind of like circumstances fell their way. They were in a unique position to be able to take a chance on a guy. If the Eagles hadn't taken him, do you think he goes to the next pick at number, uh, Gary? Well, if they hadn't well, moved it up would, to it nine. Would have been 10. It wouldn't have been 10. That would have been great if they didn't take him. Yeah, they pass on him twice and they yeah. trade down again and pass on him. Yeah. I, I, I'm still curious. Uh, no, but by the way, real quick, I, I yeah, I think – now I'll take the quarterback teams out of it because they're looking for quarterbacks, but it doesn't matter if it's Houston, if it's Seattle, if it's Arizona, Las Vegas, Atlanta, they all made mistakes because they all took lesser players. They had a chance to get the best player in the draft and I, they didn't take. It. I was told going into that draft, he wasn't getting past Detroit at six. If you had to trade up to get him, you had to trade up to six and then Detroit trades down. Then they draft the running back at 12. And right. So, so your info must not have been accurate, Jeff. Well, things change on draft night. Brad Holmes said he had an offer. He could have refused. And he never was even asked about Jalen Garner. It, it's crazy. How no one asked him about it and they needed a defensive tackle. I would love to pair him with Aiden Hutchinson, but again, structure probably not in place and uh, which I don't get because I think Dan Campbell's run a pretty good ship there. And I think they got leaders in that Detroit locker room now. And I'm telling that just my opinion. I'm telling you, I don't think it was because of Nick Sirianni. I think it was because of the players they have in this team. That they thought that they could watch over, help guide, keep his nose clean on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, we'll find out over time. And hopefully he doesn't give us anything to talk about for the next six weeks because of uh, issues off the field. Uh, we'll just continue to talk about I-95 instead. And we'll continue to bring <laughs> Jeff Kerr on with us. 
uh, every uh, once in a while. Jeff, thanks for jumping in. Good luck getting down to all those Phillies games on Sundays uh, through the traffic with uh, 95 falling apart. At least the Eagles are staying together. Thanks for hopping on today, bud. Yeah, no problem, guys. By the way, I think the biggest story for me this week because I'm a baseball nut is hearing how much different the pitch clock is in Reading and Lehigh Valley and how they were trained at the pitch clock at those levels compared to Major League Baseball, who actually hires their own people and they still can't get it right in Philadelphia. Car, you got to call somebody at CBSSports.com and start writing a baseball column. If, if, if that's your biggest story, well, it is actually ongoing and football's not. So, uh, Jeff, good stuff. Thanks, brother. Yeah, Thanks, stop. Jeff. Top quarterback head coach duos are coming out in a month. Guarantee you Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are on. Oh, we'll, they better we'll be, be on... number one or you're going to get a lot of you-know-what. from. I, how fans. can I oh, – come on, everybody knows who number one is. I think it's who's fighting for two at this point. There, there uh, you go. You're probably Je- right. Jeff Kirk uh, here with us on Birds 365. All right, come back, put a bow on the show. Running a little late here on Birds 365. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. 
E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Maga Mac wrapping up a Monday edition of Birds 365. We thank both Jessica and Tommy Lawler for hopping in with us today. Uh, uh, we'll continue to pound out these shows until what day is the official opening of camp, John, as you found out today? Uh, players report July 25th, Holy July 25th. That's a long way down the road. Today's June 12th. June we got to wait till so July got, 25th. We got 18 days plus 25. That's 43 days. Oh, we can man, we that's can a long it. time before we get the Eagles back. I'm almost rooting for Jalen Carter to get in trouble because it'll give us something to talk about. Yeah. How about I'll, I'll, I'll be like, he better keep his nose clean because I'll be looking bad if he doesn't. Uh, but I'll take it. I, it worth the risk. Worth the Eagles, risk. Exactly. It was They knew it was an educated risk, but they got a very talented player who hopefully is going to be very good for the birds for uh, many years. All right, uh, John, you're not going anywhere near 95, are you? Today? You're going to stay home. and. Oh, heck no. I'm certainly not going anywhere near 95 unless I have to. And, uh, you know. McMullen will be punching out articles for Jacob Media and SI and everywhere else. Uh, so he, he gets the ability to just sit in front of that computer and get the work, John McMullen. I got to be on WIP after the Eagles night, not until 3 a.m. So I might be a little groggy going through tomorrow's show. But uh, somehow you'll prop me up, right? Uh, yeah, I will do my best. Hopefully the dog will sleep through the show. Uh, thanks for carrying me through the extended break. Well, I, I disappeared too. You saw that, right? My computer just restarted out yeah, of nowhere. Yeah. All of a sudden I had a green screen. <laughs> it's gone for about 20 seconds, but it started right back up. We will start right back up with another episode of Bird 365. That would be tomorrow. Before you get out of Dodge, do us all a favor. Hit that like button as you get out the door. And if you like us enough, be back here tomorrow for another episode of Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.